Hi, Amber. I'm Megan. Welcome to Bad Movies Rock. Thank you, Megan. Megan, welcome to Bad Movies Rock, where my dog has decided it is playtime, and uh, y'all might just have to deal with the clacks and the smacks and the, ah, don't throw that at my heads. Yeah, yep. You know, I think that, uh, yeah, this is the perfect time of night for playtime, and uh, waiting till we were getting ready to record seems ideal, really. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, he is on a specific clock, and that clock is, oh, you need me to be quiet now? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> oh, you're recording? Here we go. Right now, he is laying a couple feet away from me, just staring at me in that serial killer way he has. Sure. As, as though he's, he's requesting, he's demanding I do something. And, and I'm pretty sure that in a little while, if I don't do that something, I will pay. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's very true. Anywho, Mm -hmm. we watched a movie. We did. Amber, on uh, this episode of Bad Movies Rock, we watched The Rock. How deeply appropriate. Yes, yes it is. Welcome to The Rock on Bad Movies Rock. Thank you, Amber. That's beautiful. So, Amber, this is movie... (laughs) This is movie. This is a movie. This is movie. Let me tell you about the movie we watched. It is called The Rock. There's people in the movie. They pretend to be people. They're not. All right. So um, this is about how Ed Harris, um, who, like, he just decides that he can't stand it. He just can't stand it, Amber. When to be fair, this is not specifically Ed Harris. This is the Marine General Ed Harris is playing. Okay, you're right. It is not the person Ed Harris. It it just seemed seemed important to mention Ed Harris. This wasn't a documentary about Ed Harris losing his shit. Okay. So it's okay. Let me explain what movies are. Movies are when people play. Well, uh, it's important play, to note that he's a marine and not You're some right. rando okay. who's just like, you yes. know what we're doing to our <laughs> troops. It's fucked up. Yeah. So he's Brigadier General Francis Frank Hummel, um, and he uh, believes that. Um, People who um, do illegal, like, black ops, um, you know, illegal shit in other countries at the behest of the American government um, should be getting both money and medals uh, for their probably war crimes. Um, And so he's going to take over Alcatraz to get money for them. Not recognition, but, like, money and medals. Yeah, he it, it's it is this whole argument about like you know these people that are doing these things for their country, you know, illegal ops. Anytime they're caught or killed in action, they spin these fairy tales for their families and for the American public about what they were doing there. Well, I'm sick of it. So I'm going to steal these bio weapons and murder a bunch of civilians unless you give me 100 million dollars. I'm not a terrorist. I'm here for justice. Justice that involves money. Yeah, for me specifically, and and the families of the soldiers who died. Yeah, but but not all of the money's going to the families. It's some of it's coming to him for shoresies. Well, I mean, they are taking. He and his team are taking on the most risk. That's why each of them is getting a million dollars. Yeah, it's um it's, yeah it's 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 a mission possible disavowal if you get caught shit. Um, but that's part of like the fucking sacrifice. The sac like uh-huh. they it's not like you you get on, get onto these teams and they're like okay, 
we're going to force you to break the law. It's, I don't, it just never seems like that. Like people volunteer to be part of these elite teams to do what needs doing. And they mm-hmm. do it because it needs doing, not for the recognition, not like they know they're going right? to be disavowed. Yeah, you know, it's and, part and, of the okay, deal. I got to say, Tom I got to say. Ex- yeah, go ahead. Like that, you're right. Tom Cruise knew better than to have a family. You know, he tried, but it didn't work out. Like it's, no. if you want to do illegal shit over for your government in other countries, then don't have a family that, that can yeah. be told that you were a traitor and a war criminal. Like that's. I'm I'm not saying it's an easy job, but I'm also not saying that someone raised you from a child and said, this is what you have to do. You have no choice. Right. We don't yeah. make child soldiers in the U.S. as far as I know. Mm-hmm. It's it's as far as I know, one of the few things we don't do. <laughs> <laughs> it's horrendous. Um, <laughs> yeah. Tom Cruise yeah. never complains about this shit. And also like, it, I don't know. If you can move with impunity and, you know, without legal justification to do, like, illegal wet works, I'm not entirely sure that you deserve medals, depending, like, how up and up the government is that sent you to do the shit. So, like, mm. And I'm not going to, like, I, I don't disagree with Ed Harris's character and, like, the, the government getting away with this stuff and getting to wipe its hands of any of wrongdoing. That's fucked up. You know, not having to pay out military benefits. That's fucked up. I mean, they should still sure. pay out the benefits yeah. in yeah, some yeah. way. Like, Absolutely. He's not wrong. Agreed. No. But he's also not right. Not right in the way he... And, like, his idea is never to get these folks recognized. It's to get the money and him money. Like, he doesn't want to expose the government, I suppose, is what I'm saying. True. And, and yeah. I imagine, like, the families would probably prefer... Well, I don't know. I guess it depends if they'd prefer the money to the recognition. Like, they, it probably does help to know that they died a hero instead of a war criminal. But in a way, they right. died a hero war criminal is sort right. of what you'd it's be kind telling of both. Them. Yeah. 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 They were a hero in the sense that they still worked for their government mm-hmm. doing war crimes. Yep. Yep. Are you and, happier now? Yeah. And so, so uh, <laughs> yeah, so Ed Harris's way to do this is to, like you said, steal bioweapons and murder civilians. Yes. He takes Lots civilians hostage. Yeah. And simultaneously threatens to murder a hundred million people in the Bay Area with a horrifying bioweapon that actually exists. Yeah. The, the Disturbingly VX-1. So. Mm-hmm. Every, every, all of like the science in this movie seemed actually sort of based in fact. Yeah, relatively real. Good, good work, The Rock. Yeah, good work, The Rock. Good work, The Rock, basing it in real things. You didn't just make up some sort of crazy thing. No, Venomous Agent X, real thing. You was like was an organophosphate that they realized had bioweapon properties, so they did indeed use it as a weapon of warfare. It does indeed act as a nerve agent, which can in fact be potentially counteracted long enough for you to get medical t- attention by injecting your heart with atropine, which is like, that's that that's helps like, block the receptors that the chemical uses. Mm-hmm. That that was all in the up and up. So yeah. A plus for science. Yeah, yeah. A pl- who, who would have thunk it that The Rock would get A plus for science right? over other movies? Yeah. Right? Yep. And uh, yeah. Yep. It's, it is. And then throughout the movie, he then is super morally, like, what is the word? 
sanctimonious. Yes. About yep. how, like, what he's doing is just, he's he's talking, you know, Washington, Jefferson, and Adams were also branded <laughs> as British traitors, but now they're uh-huh. American heroes. Mm-hmm. And at one point, he, you know, quotes Jefferson about, like, how sometimes, you know, you got to polish off the old freedom tree with justice, something. Like, basically, just totally like, I am in the right. And the other army people in the room and, like, the generals and... They're all saying like, oh yeah, no, he he was amazing. He was the best general during Vietnam. Okay. Um Yeah, not sure that's something to Sure. Call home about. Yeah. Uh he's, he was in Desert Storm, he's very decorated, so like, you know, it's they're all sympathizing with him, and like the end he gets to be pretty sympathetic. Yep. But he's like, I'm not a terrorist. I'm seeking justice. By taking hostages and using the terror of using a bioweapon on a hundred million civilians to get money. Is that terrorism? No. (laughs) Yeah, they essentially, they want to paint him as like this moral bad guy. Like they want, they want you to. A gentleman terrorist. Yeah, they want you to agree with him minus the whole, you know, hostage terrorism thing. Yeah. I mean, we'll get into it. He was he was very nice to his hostages, uh, right up until that one guy. Yeah. All right. So that's <laughs> that's Ed Harris's deal. Let's now spend forty five minutes on what uh, Sean Connery's motivations were, and then uh, Nicholas Cage's motivations were. This is a complex movie. It's a character study more than mm-hmm. anything. Yeah. So Sean Connery plays Mason, who thirty years ago escaped from the Rock, and but then has been held in different like blacklist places because they don't want him to expose the fact that he found some like incriminating stuff about America back in the day and so but they use him sort of it's supposed to be like Hoover's black book of dirty deeds by world leaders and also the US like he it's all all the dirt people all the dirt right you know you want to know how JFK was really killed like that kind of shit you want to know about the alien landing at Roswell oh yeah Mm -hmm. that happened it's in the book Mm mm-hmm um so they've they've like hit him away and made him an unperson except they need him in order to break into Alcatraz and they need Nicolas Cage who's an FBI special agent who's a um bio weapons um doctor and uh <laughs> yeah they want him to he, he, do- he, he, heals. he heals the weapons <laughs> not feeling so murderous today bud let's see if we can amp up let's your see what factor. we can do for you let's make you feel a little bit more murdery um yeah so essentially um they send both of them in to uh they need uh, Sean Connery to go in and find out how to get into Alcatraz, and they need um, Nicolas Cage to disarm the bombs. So there you go. This is their story. This is the story of three men, each heroes in their own right, mm-hmm. working through some shit on the island of Alcatraz. Character study. Uh, explosions and deaths. Lots of deaths. Big body count in this one. Yeah. What did the critics say, Megan? Yeah, that's right. I beat you to it. You did. My critics, the um, Rotten Tomatoes said 66 for the critics and 85 for the audience. 58 critics, 87 audience on meta. It's a very BMR spread. Yes, yes, indeed. This is our bread and butter. This is our meat. Mm -hmm. Lackluster reviews, loved by the audience. Exactly. And I know it's a li- still a little high for a BMR movie, but this is literally a rock movie, so we get to do it. 
It falls under the umbrella clause. Mm-hmm. Yep. Whatever that means. I think that's an insurance term. That makes yeah. no sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's 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 on like our our famous sex list. You know, like your gimme people. Like you, when you get married, you make like a yes. list of things, like a list your, of your exceptions five that you can exceptions. Yeah. Exceptions. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is one of those. I mean, it's it's low enough. Fifty eight's low enough. Yeah. Yeah. So, I I, I I honestly, I'm not sure they got it wrong. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, you know, they they say that Connery and Cage are compelling. They say that um, <laughs> this is a stellar review. The Rock is far from the worst movie that Bay's made. <laughs> Thanks. Fair. <laughs> um. Yeah, the people who didn't like it didn't like the action. The people who did like it were like, oh, man, this is some good action. This is a good popcorn movie. It's not a thinker, but, oh, it'll entertain you. I mean, yeah, that, that is all accurate. Yep. It is about 30 to 45 minutes too long. It this is, is a two-hour and 16-minute movie. Yeah, it's it's a it's a lot, man. So, Amber, apparently, so, <laughs> apparently Michael Bay walked off the set was threatened with a $60 million lawsuit and um, because he fought the studio because they wanted to remove, you know, Amber, that that really important scene where Sean Connery and the rest of them use that scuba gear to, like, get from the water to Alcatraz? Oh, you mean the underwater scene that was almost certainly extraordinarily expensive to shoot but completely unnecessary to the plot? Like, they literally could have just popped out of some water looking all wet and been like that was crazy yep uh yeah he threatened to walk because the studio wanted to take that out and uh yeah he 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 won it and he they they uh they kept it in it's uh super important just think about the kind of director he could have been if somebody had been able to rein in what i guess is a remarkable ego yeah right it's 30 seconds of the movie that, like, needs a major cut. Like, it's amazing that that was his, like, hill to die on. Yep. $60 million lawsuit? I don't care. Fuck this care. movie and fuck you if I can't have my water antics. Uh, let's see. There are people of color in this movie. That's that's lovely. We have we have Tony Todd, the Candyman mm-hmm. himself. Candyman. He man. makes it basically to the end like he is one of the last men standing outside of the other two people who are the only men standing by the end of this movie yep women that's right not Mm. so much not really not really a lot of roles for women and um the one that we see the most is kind of awful It's, it's too bad yeah it's um kind of like a really it felt super stereotypical and useless. Like she's, yeah. I, you know, the griping, squawking, unhelpful, difficult, but gosh darn it, the love of his life and the mother of his his unborn child kind of woman. Yeah, for Nicolas Cage, right? Um, and uh, yeah, no, and all, she's there to like gripe at him, complain that they're not married, and then just cry for like, they cut to her crying for the last half of the movie because she's aware that he's doing this mission. So great. Cool. Stakes, Amber, I guess. And she's also followed him into um, San Francisco and that's where might get, um, you know, bio weaponed. And so like stakes, 
extra stakes. Not only do you not want all these millions of people to die, but you specifically don't want your girlfriend and unborn child to die. So make it personal. Yeah, otherwise he might not have worked so hard. Yeah, exactly. I mean, just think about what Ed Harris was willing to do after his wife died. This all happened essentially because Ed Harris's character's wife dies. And he goes to her gravesite. He's like, okay, there's some stuff I have to do that I couldn't do while you were alive. I'm like, oh, no. (laughs) This is your fault. This is your fault, Barbara. You died. And now terrorism is happening. Uh Man has nothing to lose. Yes. Um, I can safely say we're out of the... the, um Oh, I was I was going, you know, I was I was doing my critical things. Okay, like, gotcha. You know, I was like, cool, cool, cool. I have, but we're out of it. We're we're not dealing. The critics are fine. They they did okay. The critics did fine. Yeah, it's fine. this is not an amazing movie. I don't. Yeah, I don't love that there are really no women in this movie. I don't love the, the oh, roles right, that were right. left yep. for the women. Yeah, that was disappointing for sure. We see Sean Connery's yep. daughter for about five seconds, played by Claire Forlani. Yep, she was fine. She existed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, another stakes. She's also in San Francisco. It kind of pulls Sean Connery to actually help. So, yeah. great. So it's, it's sort of, they're basically ladies on the track. Yeah. Yep. It's um, the men who need to stop or derail the train. Right. Yep. Cool. So, yes. Critics Corner, done. My critical section, specifics, mostly done. I'll probably jump in and, and heap some shit on the movie, which I love. So let's, 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 let's start appreciating yeah. this film. So let me, let me start off... Let me start us off by talking about uh, the beginning of the movie, Amber. It has everything. There's dramatic music. There's oh. a dramatic um, officer getting dressed in his like, you know, like uh, you know, dress uniform. There's flashback explosions. There's flashback helicopter. There's um like a, a, a six gun salute at, at a grave site and it's raining at that grave site and there's Ed Harris takes off his um wedding ring and he puts it by his dead wife's wedding ring on his bureau and then he goes to his dead wife's grave in the rain and then <laughs> and then he he leaves um his like medal of honor on her gravestone and he slow motion um, walks out of the rain. Uh, yeah, it's it's like it's a lot. It's fantastically a lot at the, oh, like, wow. the first two minutes of this movie. You're just just you're just looking at it and you're like, oh, stakes. Mm-hmm. Oh, the stakes. They're so like, high. I feel like we know this guy, right? The drama. This man is a hero that's been been pushed to the limits. Clearly, there's some great injustice oh he's he's stealing he's stealing bioweapons oh that guy that guy died horribly okay 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 but the military base they stole them from everyone was hit with trank darts and and beanbag rounds i think when they were talking about the theft you know the 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 situation room that we constantly see where they're making decisions they describe it as Brutal, but non-lethal force. It right. was brutal because those trankings were point blank. And a couple of the beanbag rounds sent people flying out windows where they did a three-story drop. Sure, probably wasn't... looking at a lot of internal damage and broken bones. But so brutal, but non-lethal. So he's not a bad, not a bad dude. I guess th- this must be a pretty serious injustice to necessitate the use, the threatened use of bioweapons. Right. And him like as, as a Marine 
to rob the Navy itself with a team of fellow Navy officers. This this has to be really serious. It oh does. wait, no, it was the stuff that we already said. It's it's oh. basically extortion. Okay, cool, 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 yep. cool, cool, great, cool. That, great. I, that's okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we get that whole opening scene for um for Ed Harris, and we get to know him. Then we get an opening scene of Nicolas Cage, who um uh we get to see him disarm a um bioweapon bomb. Um, so both bioweapon plus bomb. Um, and then we get to see him hang out with his girlfriend. <laughs> so. The entire, it's just, he's hanging out in the lab with his fellow lab buddies. He's, they're doing precision dart shooting that slash Rube Goldberging. Like they yep. seem super bored. Yep. And then some crazy haired guy comes in. He's like, oh, it came in. Oh, it's a, it's a Beatles record. They're like joshing him for, he, you know, you should just get it on CD. It'd be faster and cheaper. And he's like, First off, I'm a beetle maniac. <laughs> Second, this sounds better. And then all of a sudden there's a terrorist package that they found at the airport. And like he and his friend go in and start, you know, investigating. He's like, oh, porny magazines. Oh, a baby doll. And like, and then one of them starts playing with the fucking doll. Bitch, why are you playing with a baby doll? If they didn't think it was a plausible threat, they wouldn't have brought it into your fucking government clean room toxicology place. So of course it starts spewing corrosive gas everywhere. And then Nick Cage opens it up. There's also apparently C4 inside because mm-hmm. it's twofer. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Why Why just bioweapon folks when you can also blow them up? No, Don't just melt their faces. Right. And so he's like, oh, no, there's enough C4 in here to blow this whole place up. It was like, okay, well, you got to stick the atropine in your heart before this the chemical eats through your suit or you're going to black out. He's like, no, I have to diffuse this bomb first. So nobody actually shoves atropine in their hearts. But... We get to it. learn, yeah. Learn that you got to needle that shit right in, mm-hmm. right into your heart. Yep. Amber, what is uh, what is uh, Nick Cage? What is Nick Cage? Yeah. What do you mean? What is Nick Cage? Uh, what What is he? What does he get? His his record? What does he get? He's a beetle maniac. <laughs> I'm a beetle maniac. I'm a beetle maniac. maniac. He paid six hundred dollars for that record. I'm Jesus a beetle maniac. And he's also a beetle maniac. Beetle maniac. Yeah. <laughs> nah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty great. I think the thing I love the most about the beginning of the terrorist action, sorry, the justice action. Mm-hmm. Yes. Ed Harris and his team, they're on a tour of Alcatraz, which is, of course, a fucking tourist destination where you tour a place where they used to incarcerate human beings like they were animals. You know, sort of like we still do, but this one's on an island. So cool. And then, for some reason, part of the tour is going inside of the cells and having them locked behind you. Very convenient. Ed Harris takes control of the situation. And as he's walking past the bars of all of these 81 hostages, it's like, you are being detained against your will. And I apologize. <laughs> yep. It's like, we, we have no interest in hurting you. And we will try and end this inconvenience as soon as possible. <laughs> Yep. The Good gentleman. day to you all. <laughs> the gentleman terrorist, yes. The gentleman terrorist. Yeah. I mean, you know, as things go, like, you know how in, like, those bank hostage situations that you see on the TV, um, like, people always have to go pee and they're always, like, you know maybe they're going to get to their cell phone or not. Like, this is a really convenient place. Like, you put them in these cells and they've got their own toilets. They're, you know, you don't have to take them to bathroom breaks. Exactly. There's a bed. They can sit down. 
you, you don't even have to leave people there to keep an eye on them. They are literally in cells. Yep. Yeah. None it's of the usual convenient. escape routes are open. It's super convenient. Um, they do also make Ed Harris try to look, make him look even more sympathetic because he tells the, he tells two small school children oh my that God, they yes. should go tell their teacher they should go home right now. They should get back on the boat right now. So go, yeah, it's, it's wonderful because my first reaction is, yeah, cool. A strange man told two little kids to on like on a tourist trip to tell their teacher to get back in a boat and leave and then when you think about it having a couple kids come to you and say a strange man just said we should get back on the boat and never go like never come home like yeah not never come home but you know what i'm saying i yes. can't talk good it actually would be kind of effective it would be upsetting but you also have to question the fact that that teacher then did not alert anyone anyone say hey we should all probably go <laughs> because that was soups weird. Like yes. that was that was menacing. Does that mm -hmm. count as menacing? Because I feel like that counts as menace. Yes, absolutely. But hey, I mean, she decided that protecting children is more important than protecting everyone else. And I, based on the movies I've seen, that seems to be pretty consistent. People value the lives of children the most, probably because in terms of years ahead of them, it's the largest investment. Yeah, that's exactly right. I'm sure it's that mercenary, right? Mm -hmm. People are just thinking about, oh, you have more time on your clock, so it makes sense to to give you right. It's a, a it's chance. a calculation, yeah. Yeah, people's it's, it's like, a time calculation, time and worth, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Good. Good. I was feeling a little sociopathic on that one, but as long as you're agreeing with me, I'll, I'm we'll agreeing you with you because I saw a episode on the blacklist, um, and there's a guy called the accountant, I do believe. And this is exactly what he does: is he weighs human life against each other and then makes a strategic decision. On who should live and who should die. <laughs> so he was like a good dude, though, right? Uh, yeah. He, he, was definitely, a good man. he definitely wasn't on the blacklist. He was just like one of the pals. Just, yeah. He was, he was a good guy. Because they good were like, guy hey, yeah, we got to decide here. Let's call in the accountant and figure this shit out. Okay, good. I feel better. Yeah, good. Perfect. Uh, once they take control, they, you know, make their demands, they're certain, not their terrorist demands, their justice demands known to the government. Yes. You learn the real reason behind Ed Harris's actions. They are super honorable. Mm -hmm. Everybody in the Situation Room dealing with it, it's like, General Hummel is a man of honor, and he just kidnapped a bunch of civilians and, and he's pretending to kill millions of others. Let's just not talk about that. Apparently, we're just going to focus on how decorated he is. Right. Then uh, right. There's this one dude in the room who is my most favorite. He is the king of drama. It's, he's got two main interchanges. One involves being the expert in the room on the VX1 gas. Somebody's like, how many people could one of these things kill? It's like 60 or 70. Dude's like, well, that's not bad. We go back to the dude, thousand, you dumb bastard. <laughs> yeah, you dummy. You should have waited for my weird pause to end. <laughs> could you just literally set that guy up to look like an idiot? Yep. Pretty 60 great. 60 or 70. Thousand. Thousand, I was going to say. And then they're talking about, oh, how do we neutralize this? Well, you know, we have to use thermite, and but we don't have it ready, and it's not actionable. And one of the generals in the room is like, well, what would it take to get this done? An old drama man. An act of God. General's response, excuse me? Drama boy. Well, I mean, it's doable. <laughs> we can try. We can try. It was just this. You 
wanted yeah. to have that traumatic moment again. I'm like, it would take an act of God. No, I mean, we can throw some together. It might take a I while. I mean, yeah, we can probably um, do it. I mean, it's not We, we can't really be sure it would work, but like we could do something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can throw some thermite on that island for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, we, we've got planes. We've got thermite. I don't see why it's not possible. Um, yeah. But there's no guarantees it would work. <laughs> I love that guy. Yeah, he's pretty great. Um, so, so they decide that they cannot breach Alcatraz because, and here's a weird logic thing where they say that Alcatraz has been built and rebuilt a thousand times over, and so like there's no really good blueprints of um, the island. Like there's there's like you know, tunnels and things that nobody knows about underneath. Um, and so what they decide to do is bring in a man who escaped from it 30 years ago. It's like, well, if they've been built and rebuilt. See, but the, the, the top part has been built and rebuilt. The tunnels are an ancient maze oh. that no one knows nothing about. Okay, I see. Presumably. I guess so. Sure. Sure. So, you know, supposing that he got out so he could get in again and would remember sure indeed yes one of the guys in the war room knows sean connery's character because he's the one who imprisoned him forever without a trial and so he uses nick cage to convince him to do this dangerous thing and sneak a group of marines onto the island in exchange for his freedom then he tears up the contract so you know he's shady like yes. the real bad guy in this is not ed harris it's no. the government yeah and Sean Connery tries to escape, managed to escape, meets with his daughter, car chase, car chase, car chase, exploded trolley, like a gout of yeah. flame that lifts it into the air for a couple seconds. I don't know what happened there, but okay. Hummer versus Ferrari. Boom, boom. Yeah. And it's it's all to like essentially show that Sean, like you have to have a scene apparently that shows that Sean Connery is a master of escaping. Like he escapes even now. Like, but this is like 20 minutes of the movie that could have just been cut. Like, that would have been an easy, like, shoink. It's such a fucking guy thing, too. Like, yeah, I want to have a car chase through the streets of San Francisco where one of them's just driving a Hummer into shit and the other one's moving in a Ferrari. Yeah. Yeah. It needs to be bright yellow. Yeah. Yeah. And you know yeah. what? Hold on. You need to leave the room so I can finish. Oh, boy. Oh, God. Oh, God, Amber. What? Um, yeah, and you know how I love I love me some car antics. This this didn't do it for me. It weirdly did not do it for me either. It really yeah. was just kind of like smashy, smashy, smashy. It just wasn't interesting. Yeah, and apparently yeah. Um, Michael Bay said it was like a clusterfuck, essentially. Like permits and stuff me. and blah, 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 which totally makes sense if they're, because they actually did some of the scenes in San Francisco. So I, I would like, I would have just cut that shit out i was very annoyed whenever they were filming in san francisco in any neighborhood that i needed to get around in yeah right it was so irritating mm -hmm. meanwhile so they get to the island with their team of marines nick cage and toe to defuse the bomb sean connery via scuba. how it's done yeah. yes via a very important scuba scene mm -hmm. i'll walk i'll walk amber if we don't talk about it on this podcast i'm, I'm out so sorry please please no i don't want to have to sue you <laughs> yeah helicopters to scuba to island to getting inside to immediately having everyone except for sean connery and nick cage mowed down yeah mm -hmm. yep so that was actually megan was Bye, so annoyed everybody. at that scene I megan was, so, was annoyed. so annoyed at that scene it was well, great <laughs> well okay all right fine all right you want to talk about it? let's talk about it so Ed Harris and his team essentially have the high ground, the um, like the the I don't know 
rebel leaders are in the like kind of this low like almost what is it like showers or something and like the um fuck me uh ed harris ed harris's team really has the drop on them like they have more people they have more guns they've got like the the um, angle on them got the high ground like and this the team leader for the infiltrating team is just like i cannot i'm a marine i cannot drop my weapons like you cannot like you're gonna die everybody's gonna die for no reason then like what the like you don't you can't win here like why are you gonna let everybody die and for me it was the combination of that in the fact that Ed Harris is, 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 you know, he gave him his pitch. You know this isn't about terrorism. This is about justice. You know, justice yes. that comes from taxpayer money. And if they don't do what we want them to do, we'll make good on our threat to murder people. I've said that a hundred times. I, I need to stop saying it. I just find it so terrible. But gives them their pitch. You know, you know what we're doing right. You're soldier to soldier. And the commander of the group that came in with Sean Connery and Nick Cage to stop them says, God knows I agree with you. God but, knows you're right. But like you, I swore to defend this country against all enemies, foreign and domestic. We've yeah. spilled the same blood in the same mud. But I cannot give that order. <laughs> Which, again, like, there's just no reasonable expectation that they could win. And, like, they're just throwing their lives away. Like, I, I super don't understand it. I don't understand why would they do that shit? I'm still annoyed about it. So after that, Sean Connery's like, well, I'm out. So he I'm starts out. to walk away. Nick Cage is like, no, don't. I'll hold a gun on you. Uh-oh. Now he has all the guns. Well, stop, because your daughter lives there. And Sean Connery's like, I don't I don't care. And Nick Cage is finally like, okay, I've got a lunatic up there, man, with 15 missiles armed with some seriously funky stuff. <laughs> Which I guess <laughs> is just... his way of saying there's a bioweapon upstairs that will kill everyone in the Bay Area. Right. Yep. And Sean Connery says, well, why didn't you tell me to get my daughter out of the city? And Nick Cage is like, it's classified. Classified. <laughs> it's just us going to be doing our fantastic Nick Cage impressions the whole time. It's great. Oh, yeah. We're so good at it. Mm -hmm. Then, of course, the buddy comedy begins where yes. Nick Cage and I'm Sean Connery it. are just sniping at each other. Sean Connery, really good at killing. Trained SAS murder dude. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Nick Cage promises to do his best, to which Sean Connery responds, your best? Losers always whining about their best. <laughs> I knew that would make you laugh. <laughs> oh, we're doing Sean Connery impressions now, too. Winners go home and fuck the prom queen. <laughs> oh, God. That line, that line I remember very well from watching this when I was little. Right. Um, and then, Car like, and then yeah. Nick Cage's response is, Carla, the name is his fiance, was the prom queen. And then he cocks his weapon. Just the, just the most like toxically masculine conversation. Yeah. Uh huh. It's so bad. Losers are always whining about their best. Winners go home and fuck the prom queen. Well, that just shows you I am fucking the prom queen. <laughs> Yeah, it's some it's some seriously <laughs> gross shit there. Oh. Yeah. But just like scattershot awesomeness. The first time they encounter the weapon, now now it's, now it's you know, Sean Connery's been like super murder guy, keeping Nick Cage alive, but they get to the bioweapons, now it's Nick Cage's element and he pulls out the scary green glowing balls of death and he informs Sean Connery that the second you don't respect this, it kills you. Mhm. Mm 
And then he complains about the corpse next to him that Sean Connery dropped something very heavy on the head of because its leg is twitching. He's like, yeah. is, is that normal? I don't, I don't spend a lot of time around corpses, <laughs> but is that normal? And Sean Connery's like, yeah, you know, it's nerves, it's dying, whatever. He's like, can yeah. you do something about it? And Sean Connery's response is... Do you want me to kill him again? Yeah. Like what? Kill him again? <laughs> the fuck do you want, buddy? We like it looked terrible. Like he dropped a fucking air conditioning unit on him. It was horrifying. It's fantastic. It was fantastic. Yeah. And then you know, they know shit's going wrong on the island, so Ed Harris's team is like, "Well, we got to kill one of the hostages to let them know we mean business." And then, you know, they they try to draw out Sean Connery and Nick Cage by saying, we'll shoot him if you don't come up with our guidance chips, which is what they stole from the rockets to disable them. Nick Cage looks conflicted. Sean Connery drops the chips on the ground and stomps them. Love it. That's exactly what you should I, do. I love, yes, I love that moment. Uh, I love that moment so much because it's like you, you've now taken away that choice. Like you don't, like you can't, you can't give them back the guidance chips. They don't exist anymore. There's no, like... You can't threaten 81 people's lives for, you know, millions. So it's great. They, they get rid of the chips. Good, good work, Sean Connery. Good work, Sean Connery. Then they get captured after Nick Cage has a really harrowing encounter with some dudes as he's finishing up di- disarming some of these, these missiles. Um, mm-hmm. Having trouble remembering exactly what one of them says to him that sticks, sticks with Nick, Nick Cage's character so hard. What, what was that again, Megan? <clears throat> it was, I'm going to take pleasure in, in gutting you boy i'm gonna take pleasure in gutting you boy and then nick cage just says it over and over again but like different inflections on different words mm-hmm. I'm i'll take, take pleasure in gutting you boy i'm gonna take pleasure in gutting you boy so good so he's just laying in a cell saying that over and over again and it like cuts between him sean connery is clearly up to something he's tearing up the mattress into little strips and Nick Cage seems to be spinning out. And he's just like, hey, hey, Mason, don't you think there's like a lot of anger flowing around this island, Mason? Like a lot of pubescent volatility, right, Mason? Like it's just an island full of violence for, fle- violence for pleasure marines, right, Mason? Shame on them! <laughs> just <laughs> shouts, shame on them! And at this point, we're getting to the um, part in the movie where, sh- uh, no, what's his name? Nick Cage is just yelling every other word. Like it's mm-hmm. just... <laughs> Yes, that is his delivery Yelling style. Yelling every from... other word. It's, it's fantastic. He's just, he's just spinning out, and that's what it looks like. It's very good. Yep. And then as he's he's saying this, and, and Sean Connery isn't responding to him, finally Sean Connery's like, I miss the days when you couldn't talk in these cells. And then Nick Cage, he's he's done. He's just done. He just mm-hmm. he doesn't 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 like what's happening. How in the name of Zeus's butthole did you get out of this cell? Because it would be relevant to our current predicament. Yeah, good delivery. And then the like, cage is uh, right here. Yep, yep. And then, of course, the uh, the door uh, the, of Sean Connery's cell opens because his this whole thing he's been working on is opening the cell. And then he comes down and opens uh, Nick Cage's cell. So, huzzah! Blah blah blah. There's dissension in the ranks. Ed Harris turns out doesn't actually want to use the chemical weapon that they're about to use to prove to the government that they're serious. Again, he's a good guy, Ember. He's a good guy. They called their bluff. They did call their bluff. They didn't pay them. And so they were going to call their not, their calling of his bluff by not bluffing. Right. That's a thing. Yep. 
Yeah, but then um the like you said, the descent in the in the ranks, like Tony Todd and was it Gregory Sporlinder? I have no idea. People. I'm not sure if that's the right one. Anyway. Wasn't Bokeem Woodbine? I think he might already be dead. Bokeem, I think, had died at that point. Um, but anyway, Tony Todd essentially is like, uh, what bluff? Like, he had, like, perfectly... He was for murder the entire time. <laughs> I mean, he's Candyman. Oh, yeah. What do you expect? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, no, he's Candyman. And so, uh, yeah, he, he'd fully thought they were going to kill civilians to show that they were serious. Mm-hmm, he was into mm-hmm. it. So everybody's shooting everybody. Kind of leaves two of the Navy terrorists left. Nick Cage is trying to find the final rocket. Ed Harris, bleeding out, tells him. Mm-hmm. Because ultimately this isn't what he wanted. And he knows Candyman and his friend will will shoot that rocket. Yep. He gets stopped on his way to the rocket by, I guess, the third to last bad terrorist Marine. And so he starts... Yelling, glass or plastic, glass or plastic, man! (laughs) (laughs) I guess to distract him? Yep. Because once this thing goes off, you're going to be either in a glass jar or a plastic bag. So so glass or plastic, man! (laughs) Which wasn't going to work, but good thing Sean Connery has come back and uh, just snaps the guy's neck. Solid neck snapping. Mm -hmm. There's a delightful standoff. When Nick Cage is holding the final innards of the final missile and he encounters Tony Todd. Yep. (laughs) Tony Todd's like, I'm not going to hurt you. Just give me the thing. And Nick Cage's like, do you know how this shit works? Tony Todd holds up a knife. He's like, do you know how this shit works? (laughs) Yeah, it's really good. (laughs) I did enjoy that. (laughs) Unfortunately, Tony Todd then gets a rocket to the stomach and then gets impaled on a fence. Yes. And then Nick Cage gets the final, do you know how this shit works? Yeah, he does. Fair. He did just rocket him to impalement. That's pretty impressive. He called him the rocket man. It was a lot, but, you know, fine. Fine. Megan has informed me that a great number of Nick Cage's lines were improvised by the man himself. Yeah, essentially anything funny in the movie. The the movie was pretty serious as written by Michael Bay or, not. you know. Um, And all the, like, all the funny stuff was was ad-libbed by the actors they win they do it huzzah everybody's yeah. happy and the last thing sean connery does after nick cage does him a solid and tells the big bad government man that sean connery's body was vaporized and blew into the sea vaporized because of course government guy is real excited to see sean connery's corpse yeah he really wanted to see that corpse before sean connery pieces out to his freedom he gives Nick Cage the location of the big bad item that got him imprisoned for 30 years. Right, the MacGoober. Um, to which Megan asked, why would he do that to him? Yeah, it's it's this microfilm that has all these secrets on it. You know, it's the thing that kept Sean Connery in like a black site prison for 30 years and they erased him from like the narrative. Like... <laughs> Why would you want that? Kind of a fuck you to the guy who just told the government you were dead. Yeah. All all I can think is that it's his final strategic move. Because if Nick Cage has the thing, then there's no reason to go looking for Sean Connery, even if he isn't dead. Like, if if they suspect he might be alive and think about trying to hunt him, 
there's no point if it's off with Nick Cage. Now they can hunt him instead. Mm-hmm. It is a bit of a fuck you, but I think Sean Connery's earned it. Yes. And apparently um, there was uh, idea, the idea for um, The Rock 2 um, was that, um, I know, weird, this uh, microfilm gets Nick Cage in trouble. And so what? the government's after him and he no. can't handle it. And so he goes to Mason for help. Um, that I mean, was that gonna, was inevitable. Dumbass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's so. what did you think Nick Cage was going to do once he got in trouble holding that? He was going to come straight to Papa. You didn't save yourself any trouble. No, exactly right. I mean, oh, maybe he thought he was going to hide well enough for Nick Cage not to find him. Yeah. But in their short time together on Alcatraz, he learned too much. He did. All about, didn't learn much about him. But anyway, yeah. Um, Amber, on the rock scale, regrettable, outstanding, craze balls, or K, what would you call this movie? It's obviously craze balls. It's a Michael Bay film. Yeah. With Nick Cage. Yeah. And Sean Connery being so Sean Connery y. Oh my. Yes. Yeah. Smug, condescending, deadly. Mm-hmm. I am the last one. I am the last one. I'll take Shorge for a hundred, Alex. I'll take the Ravens. <laughs> Two hundred, Alex. I can't not make those jokes. It's just fantastic um yeah it's outstanding oh no it's craze balls i think that i feel like maybe i just saw this early enough in my life that like what was i 16 i think when this came out like there's a little bit of outstanding in there even though you like to truly be really good like cut a fucking half hour at least off this movie (laughs) it's so long it is very long i this has a super fond place in my heart because I was pretty young when I saw it too, but then I never watched it again. Like mm, I knew yep. I really liked it, but I didn't kind of cement the parts of it that made me the happiest. So this is yep. the first time I've seen it in quite a long time. So it's still deeply entertaining, but it doesn't have that nostalgic familiarity for me. So it was really yes, fun to watch it, it and kind of rediscover it, but it didn't kind of key into, oh yeah, that line. Yep. I'm gonna yeah. gut you, boy. I'm gonna gut you, boy. boy. <laughs> um, yeah. And I, I also, one of the reasons we watch this right now is because it is currently on Hulu for free. What? what? Get there, folks. Watch that shit. My final thing that I will say. Yes. It's a movie about Alcatraz, and I, I can't help it. I'm sorry. I'm gonna do this to you. But it's important to note that Alcatraz was the site of a particularly important movement for Native people in the United States. It was sort of like the birth of like, the American Indian movement and a, and a lot of like Native activism to try and get visibility rights and recognition. And it, Alcatraz itself was the site of a year and a half long occupation um, by a bunch of different members of a bunch of different tribes. And it was super important, and it led to some, you know, movement in government and in recognition. And during the Nixon era, era, which is huge, like this took place in like 1969. The 50th anniversary actually just passed last year. And on Indigenous Peoples Day, um, they had like a celebration, a bunch of different tribes, you know, rafted out to the island to kind of recognize it. Because it was a big moment, and it's something that is also often erased from, like there's, if you go to Alcatraz, there's this tiny little room <laughs> where they play this tiny little video that you can sit and watch and learn about the fact that, you know, technically, based on a treaty with the Sioux tribes, the Sioux tribes were within their rights to claim ownership of that island based on, like, it's like a Fort Laramie agreement that any 
unused military land could be claimed by their tribe. I mean, they didn't honor it, obviously. They turned it into a state park where they make lots of money from tourists. But <laughs> it's, it's one of those situations where the whole point of the movement was to call attention to a lot of the shit that's done to Native tribes that has been done historically, that is continuing to be done currently to get visibility, to organize, and to kind of create a vision of the world in which those things are not the case. And so it's kind of important when we're talking about a movie that takes place entirely on Alcatraz itself to bring that up so that people are aware that there was an occupation movement, that it was super important and seminal to American Indian activism. And that, you know, if you don't know about it, look it up. Get, get some sense of uh, our history and uh, the history of that island and the fact that, unlike what Sean Connery said, it wasn't first a civil war fort. <laughs> it was a civil war fort first for white people. Right. This land was not actually empty when Europeans got here. Yeah. Just feels super important to keep keep saying that. Yeah, history doesn't begin with white people when white people get there and claim it for their own. So this has been Amber shoving things down your throat. You're welcome. Thank you. It's not Amber. that informative. It's not that succinct. It's certainly not that well-researched, but there's enough information in there for you to, if you're interested, look up actual smart people's words. Fantastic. Thank you, Amber. Megan. You're welcome. Megan. Yes, Amber. Do you have an Abby story? I do. Um, this harkens back to a time back when traveling was a thing one could do. Um, and I was uh, staying with Abby in a hotel room because um, we were visiting friends of mine and uh you know it was little like two-year-old two-and-a-half-year-old abby and um she had we had a bottle she had a bottle of milk and i had my water bottle and she was handing she handed me my water bottle and she said here you go and then she grabbed her her bottle and she said here my go awesome so, and that was cute the i like it it's adorable it's very cute. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Megan. Amber, do you have, um, oh, I don't know, a Tales from Vermont? God damn it, woman. That was my reveal. You okay. stole that. You stole that because I texted you about a thing and then was like, wait, I wish I hadn't texted you about that thing so that I could tell you about it when you would be surprised. And now you're ruining the surprise for them, too. When you say, hey, Amber, do you have a recommendation? I was going to be like, well, no, Megan, but I do have a Tales from Vermont. But you ruined it. How do you feel about having done that to me, your friend? Well, Amber, I guess I feel um, a little guilty and mostly tired. Oh, wow. Name yeah. of my sex tape. Beautiful. <laughs> Nicely done. <laughs> Amber, what is this Tales from Vermont that you have? Well, Megan, I don't know if our listeners have been paying attention to the random things I may have said or not said. I don't know. I don't live in Brooklyn anymore. And I haven't been in Granby for a little while. I am currently staying at my family home in Vermont, which you probably do know by now because I keep saying it and because I mentioned reading things from my journal because I'm in my childhood home. Moving on. Vermont, pretty rural for the most part. The house, pretty rural. Very Granby-like in that sense, but more. Fewer people, fewer roads. Anywho, I was letting my dog out to pee at about three o'clock in the morning. You know, the pre-bed pee. And... Wouldn't you know, I heard some pretty large rustle rustles, and I thought, gee, I hope that's a deer, as I went to collect my dog. 
<laughs> Gosh darn it, it wasn't. It was a bear, and it was not happy when I stepped forward and tried to get my dog. It hissed at me. <sighs> I don't know if you know this. Bears hiss. I don't know that. And when they hiss, they're not happy. Yeah, I, yeah. And so it's dark. I can barely see it. And so part of my mind is thinking... You know, maybe I'm just overreacting because it's dark. I haven't been home for that long. I'm not used to wildlife noises. Maybe I just like startled a deer. And so as my adrenaline is pumping and I'm shouting with increasing urgency at my completely clueless tiny dog, Muppet, 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 and backing towards the door, <laughs> I'm like, okay, okay, maybe you're not a complete coward. That could have been a bear. But maybe it was just a deer, and I'm sure everything was fine. And I got up this morning and let him out again, because, you know, apparently they have to keep peeing over time. Mm -hmm. Weird. And I just looked around in the snow, and yeah, there was a bear about five feet from me once wow. it had stopped charging me. <laughs> wow. And I'm not used to having, like, immediate hostility. Like, I've encountered bears before, and for the most part, it's sort of a wariness. Mm -hmm. Yep, they mostly avoid you. Mostly they avoid you. Unless, Megan, mm -hmm. when do they usually not? Hmm, I mean, one thought would be is if they had a little baby with them, like a little baby God bear. God fucking damn it, yeah. Mm -hmm. There yep. were two sets of tracks. Of course there was. One big old set and one little bitty set. Yep. <laughs> and she was not happy that I was anywhere near her cup. Wow. <laughs> I was... So, something that doesn't happen in Brooklyn is getting charged by a bear. Yeah, that's 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 super upsetting and exciting. My brain totally short-circuited because it's so dark I didn't get a clear look. Sure. I just knew size and I knew hissing. And, like, the first initial reaction was, ah, mountain lion! <laughs> oh, boy, yeah, uh-huh. Catamounts have been extinct in this state for a very long time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, someone could have imported it. What? Why would that be a... Okay, yeah. Like it just... I forget that bears hiss. Hmm. Did was... Puppet come, come running to you at some nope. point? Eventually? Nope. Oh, he, he eventually trotted on over, like all things were good. God and she didn't it, seem Muppet. to consider him a threat, which makes sense. He's 12 pounds of nothing. Mm -hmm. But once I made myself known... Yeah. <sighs> wow. This has been Tales from Vermont where neither of us got eaten by a bear last night. Huzzah! Are you sure it wasn't like a cobra? <sighs> it hissed at me. Look it up on the YouTube. I swear they hiss. <laughs> I saw the tracks. It melted. The snow all melted today, but I swear I made mom go out and oh, look at them so that somebody would know. <laughs> it it really melted today, did it, Amber? Oh, it's all away. gone. There's no proof, eh? eh? It wasn't a deer. <laughs> and there wasn't like... Like like lines in the snow from like a little cobra. Mm. No. Well, how, what's a cobra gonna be doing in the snow? It's cold blooded. Yeah, but that's wild. That's uh, some wild ass shit there. I forgot. Forgot what country living was about. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you're like, oh right, I am nothing but a sack of meat and fluid. Yep. Yep. I think <laughs> I'll go inside now. I think I'll go inside now. I mm -hmm. hope this door is strong. Yep. Exactly. And that bear is not pissed enough to follow me. Mm -hmm. Megan. Yes, Amber. Do you have a recommendation? I would recommend that you uh, listen to Amber's Tales from Vermont. 
Um, Amber, I do have recommendation. <laughs> oh dear, you're pre-laughing. Um, well, it's not, see, it's not really a recommendation, because, okay, so I've been watching Blacklist, right? Oh, geez. And I, I feel like it's, it's like... I told you to stop watching that. I know you did, and I should have. I just like, can't quit you, Blacklist. I know. Here's the thing. Like, it's irresponsible for me to recommend Blacklist, because, like, it's ultimately becomes this, like, soap opera dumbness, and the characters get dumber and dumber. And some of the characters, especially the women of color, are treated like garbage, and that's fucking upsetting. But if you can just watch the first season of Blacklist and watch James Spader be James Spadery. <sighs> Yeah, that's, that's delightful. what you're into. It's so good. It's so good. And like, and so then I, now I've started watching, um, so that's on Netflix. And then I've started watching um, some Boston Legal because apparently all I want to watch is James Spader right now. I don't, don't, I don't know why. You're in a weird um, place in your life. I'm, I'm in a weird place in my life. So um, I've been enjoying some Boston Legal, which is also problematic in a lot of ways, but there's also James Spader there, so you know, see, search out some James Spader. I, I guess, I guess my recommendation is actually James Spader. Sure, sure. Ooh, ooh. Yeah. If I can add on, please do. That one episode of The Office where he has his job interview for the district, like the regional manager position, mm-hmm. like where he's essentially interviewing for Michael's job. Yes. My friend Brown and I must have watched that 15 times. Just that one scene in that episode where they ask him, like, it's, I can't, I can't do it, but it's, it's so good. It's like, you're not selling paper. You're selling sex. It's 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 all sex. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It is James Spader in the blacklist. It's just James Spader. It's just James Spader. Yeah. Hell yeah. Oh yeah. No, no, no judgment. I am on the same bandwagon of spaderness mm-hmm. truly entertains me and also whatever the fuck gets you through this particular moment in time yeah i will say that in watching the blacklist there are some episodes that i just fast i was like i i fucking hate this storyline nope <laughs> like like and nope and there was a certain you know what there was a certain like um freedom in that like i don't fucking care click i don't I don't have to watch I don't this. have to watch all of this because Ooh. it's annoying me. The sweet power of this moment. Yeah. Yep. So I, yeah. <laughs> there is a freedom to realizing you don't care what happens in the show. You yep. don't need to know the full story. You are there for like your own enjoyment. And that enjoyment has very little to do with the inner workings of their plots. Right. Exactly. That's beautiful. Yeah, I thought so. And like it's it's very much like one of those background shows for me where I'm like doing other shit. So um and I can just look up when James Spader's on the TV. Yeah, you can you can tell. You can just tell. Mhm. God, Demby. Demby's so good. Oh, I love Demby. Oh, anyway, so good. And and like the initially the women of color characters are are great. Yeah. And then what they do to them is terrible. I don't love that. Yeah. yeah. And and I and I get like I also understand that like some of it was because the the actual actors wanted to leave, but you didn't oh, need and to. Sure, do they s- should have. Yeah, and they didn't, but they didn't need to do them so dirty as they left. So. Yeah, I get that. That's kind of the way the show does, but damn. Yeah. Do those dames dirty? 
Anywho, Megan, this mm-hmm. has been delightful. It um, has been, Amber. And I would like I, to close like I always close. I know I know you'd like to. Um, I knew I, I am aware that you would like to do that. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say to you, Amber, welcome to the rock. Welcome to the rock. But what in the name of Zeus's butthole? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like every other word. <laughs> Bye, Amber. Bye, Megan.